Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the pyramid This is Mike from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Hi, this is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special host stomping ground edition of One Nation Radio. The tables have turned. James Boyd is the host. Rich is the guest. He's the one that has to sit and get cut in and out with bad re- connections and radio and all that. So with that said, what's going on, Rich Lotta? Boy, fucking boy. <laughs> I tell you, you give these motherfuckers an inch. You think they're doing okay, and then they bend you over, and they fuck you at the end of it. WWE has continually proven to be an untrustworthy uh, entity. Seth Rollins, hold this L that you were coming out here uh, jumping on Twitter, uh, volunteering this information, swearing to God and, and everyone else that this was the best pro wrestling on the in the world, and... I don't know, James, did you see the best pro wrestling in the world tonight? Because I don't think this was it, Chief. No. Um, I saw some good wrestling. I also saw some bad wrestling. I thought I saw a, yeah, I would probably say like an above average show. Um, but there was really no, not much like, great. there was no, I mean, there was very little greatness on it. There was a, probably one instance of greatness, maybe two instances of greatnesses. Of greatnesses, my God. It, greatness I, right? But, that's, <laughs> but, but. The last three matches, the money matches, uh, those all left a lot to be desired. Um, and I don't think, for the most part, I don't think it was for lack of trying. I just think it was they just didn't have it because the crowd wasn't behind them because these are tire stories and it's part of the reason why half of the arena was tarped off. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start exactly? You want to go run through the entire show or do you just want to, you know, more or less do big thoughts and run, go from well, you know, let's, big let's picture go- to small picture? 
let's go through the show. I, I just want to say okay. this is a tale of, tale of two halves. Yes. That and Alexa it, Bliss match was a blown tire. Yeah. And they never recovered. Yeah. You niggas fell off and you never recovered. Yes. Yes. The, the funny thing for me is I, I thought about that and then went through the matches at the end. I was like, oh, my God. This is just like their SummerSlams and their WrestleManias. Whereas, like, they start out strong. You give them. You're like, look at this. Like, this shows how much talent and depth this company has that they can go out here and have these this quality type of match er, or matches early on. The crowd's into it. And then eventually... They just always hit the fucking iceberg, or they seemingly always do. Maybe they don't always, but it seems like it. And I don't know. We'll get. Through it. We'll go through it. Do you want to start the like, show or, or? It's like they put in. They put the iceberg in the way themselves. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if you want to say that them booking Dolph Ziggler in a semi-main event in 2019 is them making the iceberg, then sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, all, all this stuff is saying like, yeah, you know, they really they did not like overbook um Kofi versus Dolph. The problem is Dolph's in, the, in a championship match in 2000 and a top title match in 2019. That's the problem or anything else. And Dolph's in the dead zone. I, right. Like there's nothing you, there's you can there's nothing you can do to overcome that that scenario. It's just like putting Baron Corbin in the main event like there's only a certain level he's going to reach and you're not going to top that regardless of how much overbooking or underbooking you do. You're always going to come out and get yourself a good Two and a half star pay per view or main event, whether it's Raw or it's SmackDown, he he refuses to go above three stars. This man is like, you know how in NASCAR, I don't know if they still have it now. How back in the day, like in certain uh, certain races, he used to have restrictor plates so people couldn't like. It was kind of like the level of playing field of uh, how well your your mechanics are, or whatever. Else. So everybody yeah. else could pretty much top out at like. 180 miles an hour or whatever else. Like, Baron Corbin is restrictor plate wrestling. You will not this, be over three-star level if you're wrestling this dude. The only example I can think Bar- of is Ricochet a couple, like a month or two ago. Yes. He damn near killed himself to pull like three and a quarter out of, out of Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin refused to aim higher. Yes. Like, <laughs> Baron Corbin... Baron Corbin is a kid that hates school so much that you wake him out of bed that you have to drag the ass out the bed. Like, no, I don't want to have good matches. You can't make me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, let's get it started, man. Okay, so I believe the first match on the show is uh, what well, turns out to be uh, the man Becky Lynch versus what can't turn out to be the special guest ref Lacey Evans. Two checks, James. Two checks. I, w- I would hope that she would get two checks because honestly, Lacey Evans was probably the best thing in the entire fucking main event. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, her her interactions with Seth, um, the the way that she acted, you know, as such a evil person as the ref, the evil ref was much more entertaining than the actual bell to bell action between Seth Rollins and, and Baron Corbin. So if you ask yeah. me, maybe we should start main eventing uh, Lacey Evans. Uh, look, Lacey Evans and Becky had a better match than them two niggas in the main event. That is correct. We will not skip over that main event thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, to me, the, the, the story of the match, uh, between Becky and, and Lacey is that Becky is completely outclass her every way, shape, or form. She's a better wrestler than her. Um, she is wrestling circles around her, and eventually... Um, 
Be- or Lacey gets an advantage by cutting her off and then using her attributes of being uh, bigger and more physical um, as a striker to her advantage. Um, they they have a back and forth. Like the the stuff is actually on point. Um, this time is much better than their first match. Uh, only maybe once or twice I thought that or not that I saw that uh, Lacey got lost. Like she missed a spot once. Um, there was one other thing, but wasn't that big a deal. She, she came to play, she was physical. And then, you know, um, I thought it was weird at first, um, that, you know, by the end of the match, Becky ends up getting the, the, the arm bar to disarm her. And then how quickly Lacey tapped out, but that played into the story for later in the night when, um, in the main event where she goes for a, a, a count on Rollins and she pulls up and pulls the fucking uh, Nick Patrick from Starcade 97 on Jericho in, in versus uh, six. And and then she gets the excuse from Corey Graves that her arms hurt. She was in a disarmor and then smartly, wisely, good in a good bit of storytelling. Michael Cole points out, no, she tapped out immediately to it. She's out here sandbagging self because she's a piece of shit heel. I thought that was nice storytelling. Um, so, what are your what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the match uh, or or any big picture things you have? I thought that it was a largely inoffensive match, and I was like, oh, okay, she finally beat her and got rid of her, but that turned out to not be the case. And I was like, great, so this is going to continue. <laughs> uh, but as far as, like, the match goes, I was like, okay, it was better than the last time they wrestled. She, Lacey l- looked like she could be carried, yes. which is, I, I get, look, I guess that's okay for someone that you're putting in world championship matches. Um, I mean, you could be a what four time fucking uh woman's champion and be somebody that can't be carried by somebody that's better than Becky <laughs> later in the same fucking card. So you tell me. You know, where where is that? Yeah. Um Yeah. I, uh, it, it, like, I I went the 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 friendly gentleman's three on this match. Yeah, I, I go two and a half on it. Um but but yeah that's you know I, I thought it was. I thought that it was for an open. I thought that it was done a tremendous service by being put on first at a later in the card to match up with Becky's star power. Because if that had went on third or a second from the top, or third from the top, or fourth from the top, nope, it would it would have died to death. I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I think they put it in the right spot. Yeah, I agree. So uh, moving on from there, I believe. Um, I want to say it was a tag match, right? It's New Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, right? Right, right. Yeah. So the match starts out hard. Hard. Wow. The match starts... I can't talk. Professional podcaster can't talk. <laughs> the match starts out hot with immediately uh, just beat down and a super kick party on uh, Xavier Woods from, from Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is laying Bruh, super I... kicks on him. I never want to hear nobody talking shit about Young Boss matches. Kevin Owens opened this match with four consecutive super kicks to the face. I feel like it was what? more than that. I mean, obviously they went to four and then you did to the pinfall. But then, like, in the first two minutes of that match, three minutes of the match, there were at least six super kicks. Right. Yeah. So, Master starts out super hot to where he's immediately working underneath where his barrage of super kicks, um, frog splashes from Kevin Owens. Uh, they end up... I, I, yeah, it just just completely burying 
uh, Xavier Woods from underneath to where he has to work from underneath and, and get the hot tag to quickly build the hot tag for um, for Big E. They cut off the potential hot tag one time to get even more heat. Then they finally get the hot tag. Big E goes wild, and then Zayn cuts him off. They continue fighting back and forth. They trade a few near falls. I can't remember the end of the match, but ultimately, I think they got uh, I think they got Biggie out of there, and then they pinned uh, Xavier. Yeah, they pinned Xavier. Yeah, which is smart. So yeah, I thought it was a great match. Uh, I thought it was a great match. I thought that it started out so hot with so many high spots with the super kicks and the frog splashes and stuff that I was like, they're gonna. It made me think like they were gonna do a. A squash. Am- I thought they were gonna do a Dean Ambrose and a Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam 2016, where they come out so hot and they go and they they don't and it's not a sprint that like once they try to slow it down, the crowd was just gonna be like, "Wait, what is this? Why did you guys just slow down in the middle of this match?" Uh, but instead, they kept it up and then they got out of there. It was great uh, with a bunch of high effort stuff. Like B- Big E just refuses refuses to not do that stupid. Uh, spear thing through the ropes to the floor, and you, you so notice, do you notice so on that one? Though, yes, notice? on the on the far side. Yes, away from where it's tarped off. Right, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's usually always the other side. Yes, and usually when he does that, I'm like, oh, okay, he he's fine. He knows what he's doing. This time, it looks like he actually got hurt. I don't know if he actually got hurt, but he like slapped like the the ground, like his arm hurt or something. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, but yeah, they, I think he only has so many of those left in him. Kind of like the six thirty for Ricochet. Yeah, I, I think that they both need to just stop doing that. Like, there's other stuff you can do. Like Ricochet, there's many things to do. Like he he does uh, he does the uh, shooting star press. He does he can do the uh, the Phoenix Splash. He could do the Red Arrow. Uh, Neville's not here no more. Look, that man could do anything off the top rope. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. just say that. Yeah, he could. Um, but there's only so many of those, more of those he, he has. You're right. And, like, Big E, like, nah, dude, you're 300 pounds. Stop doing this. Like, there's no need for you to do this. Like, think about it. They have told Lars after, what was it, two times or three times that he did the diving hit, but to stop doing that shit. He's only done, like, one time since then. Big E's been doing this diving spear, like, on every pay-per-view match for, like, the last three, four, five years. Stop doing this. And, um, shit, with Lars, like, we won't be seeing him for a while because he's out uh, six to eight months. You just hate to see it. Okay, so moving on from there, it was at now. Well, guess we're now actually talking about Ricochet. How about that for a segue? I guess I can look at that. I guess I can do segues as well as Richelotta. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... You have uh, Ricochet versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. And this match is pretty much flippy guy versus big, strong, tough guy that is not dealing with the nonsense of the flippery and flipperation. Nope, not in the house of Samoa Joe. He will whoop your ass. He will pay for it for jumping around. He's he's, like, he's not on that house of pain shit at all. So, uh, eventually in the match, there's a, se- there's a segment where... Ricochet hits like all of his offenses is like all jumping stuff, and I'm just like, okay, you're doing a little too much. And then eventually, like he cuts him off by doing one jump too many, and he catches his foot. After earlier in the match, he did the Will Osprey, where you know almost like 
use your chest like it's a wall and do the flip off and land on your feet and then do the enziguri. Yeah. I tried it a second time, which is one of my favorite things in all of wrestling. When you go for a spot, it works one time. You go for the same spot again. The person is like, oh, no, you're not doing that shit to me again. And then they cut you off. So do it again this time, except he flips him. He catches his foot and then flips him over. And then he lands on, on his back and high on his neck. And it was just, he splatted. That's the best way I can explain that Ricochet splatted. It's like and, he flipped the extra time. Yes, and splatted, and it was awesome. And then from there, you know, he ends up uh, he ends up coming back. He has the six the six uh, thirty for the win. I thought it was a great match. I thought this was the best singles match that Ricochet has had on the main roster so far, which is saying something because him and Cesaro have had, have had a few bangers, um, even though they were short. I yeah, I, I want to um, enjoy the match. I, I want four stars on it. Yeah. I think Joe's like. You know he's he's more aura than he is actual performance at this point, but but the aura um, is it works so well. Yeah, <laughs> but the aura works so well. It's good to see Ricochet get a belt after I thought his career was just absolutely doomed, and who's to say it's not still? Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's the U.S. belt, so and, and we know what they like to do with that. But um, they, you know, hopefully they got so they might have some exciting things lined up for him. So um, kind of interested to see where that goes. If, if but if they think they're going to get me to watch Monday Night Raw tomorrow, no, that's not happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the Ricochet and Joe match, I you know, I it's good to see them uh, let two great wrestlers have a four star match. I, I'm really pleased about that. I, I said some sarcasm there. You know, I said some more, 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 more of these should be happening, James. More, yeah. I Kobe system yes. over the top. Yes, yes, it absolutely should be over the top. Yeah, the most talented roster in the like. That's the thing that's most frustrating for me is not the fact that they have you know they put on bad sneaky shows often or way more often than they should. It's the fact that like. They had. They literally have the most talent in the world at their disposal. And like, I watch so many different wrestling companies that have consistently better shows than them. Like, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be watching something that is as niche as uh, the best Joshi promotion in the world, which means it's just the best Japanese women's wrestling uh, federation stardom. And they put on consistently better shows than WWE when they have the whole world at their disposal. Like I'm watching the I'm watching these five I'm watching these what teens in early twenty women that have been wrestling for like less than six years and they're putting on consistent better matches than them. It, it's really weird. I, I, whatever. Um so yeah, from there we're gonna go on to the hometown hero, Daniel Bryan, with his goon, Eric Rowan versus Heavy Machinery. Should the I yes is still the yes is still alive every time we ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before the match, I thought they did a nice touch of Ricochet comes to the back, he goes into Gorilla. Yeah, that was he interesting. Gets, he gets greeted by the likes of I think it's Carmella, it's Heavy Machinery, it's Charlotte. I can't remember who else it was. Is there anybody else you remember from the out of that crowd? Um, Seth Rollins was bad there, Heavy Machinery, and I think there was one other guy, Kurt Hawkins, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so yes, that's right. So basically, it was Baby Faces plus and Charlotte, 
Baby faces <laughs> plus baby faces in next tears. And then all of a sudden, Uncle Hunter shows up, gives him the hug, basically gives him what we all see at Takeover when his title changes. The 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 shot of wrestler with new belt, new possession, plus triple H, except it, it, no photo, but we actually got it on air. So I thought it was nice. Uncle Hunter went out there and, 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 and you know, and, and showed up for one of his guys. I was happy for that. One of his children actually, you know, seated enough to not be buried in the first four months in their, of their career on the main roster. So Ricochet right now is like one of the best success stories of, of NXT in the last like four years. So, hey, then why he didn't put the NXT title on Ricochet? They got him out of there within it. He was done in one year. He only oh. had one year in NXT. Oh. Yeah. Look, he love him. He don't love him like that, though. Okay, here we go. Oh, boy. Look, this is what I'll say. In NXT, Ricochet, I think, lost twice. Ever. In a full year. Should have been zero. The only people he lost to were the tag champs on his way out of the out of the uh, division or out of the company, the promotion, and then to the the top fucking guy in the in the whole thing. So I mean, whatever. Look, that's a lot better than losing to Bobby fucking Roo because he has a mustache or Cesaro, <laughs> <laughs> so, which we did not forget, by the way. No, no, I ain't forgetting. Yeah, like uh, who was it? Was it Murray? Yes. Yeah, Murray was like, they've done a pretty good job with Ricochet, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say that they haven't fucked it up entirely, but I feel like he's been all over the place with them. At one at one point, he's, you know, they're building him as a single star, then they put him in a tag team with Aleister Black for no rhyme or reason, they make them, they protect them, they make them, you know, this undefeated uh, force of nature, they can never win the title. They always lose title matches, but never ever get beat themselves, pinned or submitted. Then they make them break up for no reason whatsoever. Then we go out there and we job them out to Bobby Roode, as you just mentioned, over the mustache. Then we have them job to Cesaro. And now he's the U.S. champion. It's like he's all over. They the had place. him job. They had him job to Corbin as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely yeah. clean. To build Corbin up for this. Yes, if I remember correctly, didn't they have him beat, or Corbin beat him clean, and then at the end he went back for more, and then like, uh, yes, uh, kicked his ass, uh, yes, cleared the ring with him, which is like, yes, then why they, if you're gonna do that, who gets over that way? Somebody loses and immediately gets embarrassed after the match, post match, like that never gets anybody over. Either one, either person in that position. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, something there. As we transition there, we talked about Tucker, uh, fuck all night, Tucker night in, <laughs> in Otis, Otis. Hey, they up. was trying to have, look, they were trying to have a match of their life tonight. Yes. Otis hugs Ricochet. He's so happy for Ricochet. He goes, way to go, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. And I'm just like, he, Rick, Otis is the best. <laughs> He's a, he, I, I, I don't, I can't recall any other person I can think of that's similar to Otis. If you, it, you know, anybody that, that does, you know, hit me up on the Twitter to tell me like comps besides Chris Farley, like a wrestling comp. But I feel like Otis is the greatest Otis that will ever Otis. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just, he's so like, he better, he, so, so he's better than Otis Williams. No, I mean, Otis, as far as. The person that Otis is or will never be somebody that's better at being that particular 
creature in professional wrestling than Otis Dosevich. So, Otis. So I, I think I, I, first look, off, I, Otis Williams. Look, I say this: Otis Dosevich wasn't that one. You know, or sorry, Otis Dosevich would be out here singing like a sucker about uh, about his old girl to his new girl, like Otis Williams. How about that? <laughs> so I think you feel about Toriano how I feel about Otis. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Otis Dosevich yes. is so much better than Yano. Get out of here. Anyway, so look, Otis. I don't know how to explain this match. This match pretty much is they are keeping Otis kind of away from uh, at the beginning of the match. They have Otis and Brian. They're wrestling. Brian is just out sticking and moving him until he eventually gets his hands on him. Uh, the match is kind of built around the two monsters. Is Otis is the monster, even though he's shorter, but he's wider and thicker and better and more charismatic. Uh, and the other monster on his side, which is Eric Rowan, and they wrestle around that, and eventually they both get in the ring together, and they basically hit ropes and and shoulder tackle each other over and over, double clothesline each other. It's a hoss battle, and then uh, Tucker Knight gets in. He does a dive on the uh off the top rope to uh Rowan on the floor. De- While this all happened, before this all happened, Daniel Bryan Tatman was legal man. Uh, Tucker gets back in, and then Brian hits a small package on him against the W. The crowd, I thought, I thought at points they did very well by playing for the fact that, like, yes, Brian's a heel, heavy shooters are faces, but we have to let something slide because, and it doesn't matter what we do as far as how we work this match, Daniel Bryan, it don't matter. Cheered. And they work at points too that it was almost it reminded me of the classic WrestleMania 18 Hogan and Rock, where it's like. We came in here with this outcome. This is a story we told, but we know how this crowd is reacting, so we have to adjust accordingly at points. I thought they did a good job of, job of that between them, and I thought that between some of the smart stuff they did in this match as far as tag, classic, simple tag team storytelling and Otis just being just like the life of the party, I thought that they did a really good job a good, of having putting on a really fun match. I thought it was an awesome, simple match, yes. and I thought... Uh, Tucker actually um, I thought he showed a lot more than he's ever shown before like as far as not even just the moonsault off the yep. top rope I'll leave that out yep. like <laughs> like you can talk about like going face to face with Dan Bryan like the the kind of diving around like the rolls and all that and I, I, he was actually he looked like he's not just a big stiff that's out there which yeah, was he, nice one, to see this is one of the first times he didn't feel like just a guy you're right Breaking news, AJ Styles will wrestle Ricochet tomorrow in a non-title match. Oh, yeah, I figured that was coming. I was like, yep, they're going to get me to watch Raw. So, I guess I'll be watching Raw tomorrow. Next match after that, this is where the wheels fall off. Um, so, you know what this is, right? So, cool this now. is... <laughs> this is like when... Uh, you remember Baby Boy, right? When, when Snoop was running away and they shot him in the leg and he fell down, WWE fell down for the rest of the show from here. Oh my God. Okay. I mean, yeah. 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 Bailey versus Alexa Bliss for the SmackDown Women's title with uh, Nikki, Nikki Loon um, on the side of Alexa Bliss at ringside. <sighs> Yikes. Um okay, how do I tell the story of this match? 
Alexa Bliss wrestles the same match as she's wrestled since she's been in the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, Essentially for four years now. Yeah, like, there was a story to be told in this match about uh, revolving around the turnbuckles where, like, Bailey was running Alexa into um, turnbuckles at different points in this match. And I kept thinking to myself, why the fuck are they running her into turnbuckles knowing that she, you know, this, her concussion in her history right now, right? Then I thought that was weird. Then they do... But the thing with this is... Okay, so they're basically doing like, uh, like, like you know, flapjacks. They're doing like the things where like Alexa's running to Bailey in the corner. Bailey lifts her up and flapjacks her onto the top turnbuckle. But like Alexa is so careful not to hit the turnbuckle that it just looks fake, and her head never even comes close. So it's one of those. Um, and then there's a point in the match where you can just see it. He's like, they're about to do the turnbuckle of doom spot. And sure enough. <laughs> Bailey comes charging. She either gets rolled into or or uh, dropped to a hold into the turnbuckle, and ba- it's time for Bailey to go eat a turnbuckle, right? And she hits the turnbuckle like you're like a professional wrestler is supposed to to get you to buy that. Her head just hit this fucking thing, and she is woozy now. Or this is a game changer. So then there's more of the Alexa offense that's just unbelievable. Like this when she sits, she basically gets on the ropes while she's standing on her opponent. And she does the stomp thing that just looks. It, it doesn't look painful at all. It looks uh, awful. It, yeah. it, it's it's just like it's she's such of, a bad wrestler. Like it, it, I, there's just no physicality. Like it is it's the same stuff we talked about. Miss she is she is a game performer as far as she knows the moves. She knows how to go through the the floor exercise, if you will. But as far as the physicality of taking bumps, making you it look good enough to where the camera. You know, you don't have to do camera tricks with it. Even with the camera trust tricks, you still aren't saying, like, this is totally fake. And also, like, just her and offense. It's like, there's just no physicality. Her offense is offense. horrible. No, like, th- there is physicality in the office. And, and where where it comes the elbow, is where... that's it. Yeah, it, it's like, they have to do that. And then all of a sudden, she's just dominating the opponent. Like, and she's, like, so much smaller than them. It's like, make this make sense. Like, be a... Like be a technician, like like go for a submission move or something like. Basically, what you're saying is work. You're, you're basically saying yes. Like if you're smaller and you're heel, you can make it to your advantage by being an asshole that's take advantage of with the experience of taking advantage of rules as far as holding on a long house uh, as lo- like four point nine instead of letting go at, uh, when you have to five to let go. Uh, working over a hole, working over a body part. She just sitting there, just doing shit, or just, just working them and fucking them up. On a rest hold that takes forever, or two rest holds, or three connecting, chaining three rest holds together. When and nobody believes that that will ever be the finish of a match. You're just sitting on. You're just sitting in the middle of the ring. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah the, like yeah. there's that, and then there's like, I just don't believe Bailey would be beat up by this person. Yeah. At all, and, and and they don't even attempt to like make it like. Let's just get through this, man. Like, no, 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 like I get no, and you're right, and that's the reason why I've always been off from day one. I was like, what are they gonna bring to the table for Alexa to make it believable? Because I remember the first few she had was when she was in there with Becky Lynch. She said that she said something along the lines of, "I am everything of of a WWE superstar. You're none." I was like. If y'all two were men, and if Vince McMahon wasn't a sexist, and he booked both divisions the same exact way, he would book you, Alexa, like a fucking geek, 
until further notice so that you could prove that you had the physicality or the whatever to overcome the size you were so much overcome the fact that you were so much smaller than the rest of these women but they haven't they never have and when she's out there with um going for more than you know five minutes with Nia Jax or she's out here with Charlotte Flair and they go for a long time it's just unbelievable and you just like okay whatever and for me I really don't care I can I can deal with the small thing but when you're in WWE and they beat you over the head with every fucking story they tell is that the small person cannot hold up unless you have a, a reasonable explanation and then they and then once it's the women it just goes out the fucking window that don't jive with me like there's a rope mm-hmm. there, there. There's something they just completely are have missed on that. And the only thing explaining is they they just see oh they both have vagina, so therefore it's all the same. The artists of your Charlotte Flair, and you really need like two or three women to go out there and, and spot her off that damn top rope moonsault or 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 whatever she does off the top rope to the floor. She's it's perfectly okay for her to go wrestle with little ass Alexa Bliss, even though like so, someone like Sasha Banks just towers over her and is so much more physical and bigger than her. It, it's, it's, I miss it's, Sasha. <laughs> Please yeah. come so, back. So anyway, the whole story of the match is they they're fucking around with this turnbuckles. Bailey sell like I left off it. Bailey Bailey sells that one turnbuckle really well. Then there's another spot where uh, Becky or Bailey gives Alexa the same freaking um, sunset flip powerbomb thing that we've been saying is stupid for her to be stupid for Alexa to be taking for months now or actually since uh, the night after Wrestlemania 35 they did it again Uh, then there was a weird spot where I think Bailey wipes out is trying to take out Alexa on the floor Nikki's in the way Nikki's laid out uh, Alexa has the match one. Nikki goes out to cause a distraction for Alexa uh, because she wants to get even with Bailey. Ba- Bailey is getting advantage of it, and then she ends up hitting the Bailey uh, the belly for the win. It-, it was not a good match. I thank the Lord. Yeah, thank and, the Lord. Yeah. Like, and, and I guess this this evens them out for two years ago. I guess no, it doesn't. I mean, it's a better match <laughs> than that one, but no, nah, no, no, like. They never need to wrestle each other ever again. So, speaking of people that never need to wrestle each other ever again, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre with Seth Seth Rollins, uh, Shane McMahon ringside with uh, ringside doing all the interference. They're having more or less the same fucking match they had at WrestleMania, except it's more heat because they're getting the Shane stuff involved, and then you have parts where. Roman is uh, laying out Shane different points, and then you know he turns around and he's starting to eat, get uh, get you know taken out by Drew for near falls. Uh, this match was not good until the very end of the match, probably like the last four minutes, five minutes of the match, um, and it turned around because of more more and more cheating got the, got the match over. Like will will Roman overcome? Will Roman overcome? And he eventually overcame overcame Shane's cheating in. Uh, Drew McIntyre, which means I now never want to see them wrestle ever again. Thoughts? I never want to see these dudes wrestle each other again. It's a mirror match. They're both boring. They're basically, they had him get McIntyre out of there already at WrestleMania. He got him out of there again, even with all the shenanigans, all the run-ins, all the ref bumps, all the shame man jumping in the match. Only WWE would do Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns and have it be about Shane McMahon. 
And you know what? There actually is a decent story there, but there I don't think they're ever gonna get to the story. The story is that Shane is a geek who won the that won best in the world trophy because he faced Dolph Ziggler after Ziggler had wrestled in three matches to get to the fucking thing and and Shane was fresh and he took advantage of that and he took that to you know with the Miz thing and he cheated with Miz left and right left and right left and right and then he's fighting uh Roman and he and Roman's whooping his ass and then Drew is actually not a geek. He's actually a legitimate guy. So he was he was actually uh, cunning and and swift, and he and him cheating helped Shane win. But now when Drew's in the ring and Shane's actually a fucking geek, his interference is ineffective because he's a fucking geek. So Drew loses. Like there is a story there. Do I think eventually they're going to come around to where Drew all of a sudden wakes up and say, hey, why the fuck am I helping this fucking geek just because he's the owner's dad or owner's son? I need to, like, beat him up or get away from him? I don't think they're ever going to tell that story. They're, like, because they never have told a story of Drew McIntyre having agency and a brain for himself aside from when he stopped hanging around Ziggler in December. Yeah. And... I don't know. I, I think these two have horrible chemistry. I I don't, and I don't think they are an exciting match. I think they're using Roman away from the title picture right now as like an idea of look, we got him away from the title right now. But it's like they're not doing any like this. All feels very manufactured and just lazy because it's like. Roman Reigns versus the authority figures, and it's like, couldn't he just get? Where is Andrade? Like he wasn't on this show. Like why? Why couldn't he fight Andrade this month? Why couldn't he have fought Buddy Murphy? Like why couldn't he have like just been just doing cool shit rather than than be put in these these situations where it's like they have to do all these fucking gimmicks to try to get this guy cheered? They were dueling chance. There were Roman sucks. All the other shit there. But they they keep concocting these scenarios because they have to bend over so far to like try to get the right reaction. It's tiresome. Yeah, um, and you, you you mentioned Andrade. You mentioned Buddy Murphy. We Alistair have, Black. Yeah, we have Alistair Black. We have Daniel Bryan in a fucking tag team right now. Like there are guys right. to pick to do this. Pick one. Hell, I don't want to see them wrestle again, but there's still Bray Wyatt. Too far. My point is, I mean, would you, would you rather see Bray him and Bray Wyatt, or would you rather see him and Shane again for for another month, or actually oh two more months? God. You know they're not gonna blow the shit off until like Survivor or SummerSlam. Right, they're gonna they're gonna do a handicap match probably at the next show and no. like a no, table no. match or no, something. No, no, no Rich. They said on air that they're going to do the the what we all thought was going to be the Extreme Rules handicap match. They're gonna. They said that they're going to do that tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, I heard. I heard it. What's gonna stop them from doing that again at Extreme Rules? Oh my god, that's disgusting. Disgustington. Disgustington. Especially if it's like a non-finish or if it's like them beating his ass and then he's like, "I want to fight both of y'all again." That's fully in, in, on the, uh, like in the in the uh, realm of happening. Gross. All right, moving I know. 
Kovic, oh, uh, I mean, how, how would I say this? I would say it was a good match and simply a good match. I wouldn't go above that at all. It's just a good match. And those two, I've seen both of them before. I've seen McIntyre NXT. I've seen McIntyre with Balor. I've seen McIntyre with Ziggler. I've seen Roman Reigns with Brock Lesnar. I've seen Roman Reigns with a million fucking people. Like, for those two to go out there and consistently put on under three-star matches should be unacceptable. These two are too talented for them to be in there together with each other and then do this. Like, I don't give it... I don't I don't understand this. So, anyway... Uh, Smooth 2.75 for me on that. I think you're being too generous. Um, yeah, so... From there, uh, we get Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE title inside a steel cage. Hey, what what was that song? Uh, and, and I know the answer to it. I just want you to fill it in. What was the song that T.I. and Justin Timberlake dropped called... Uh, my love. No, the other one. The other one. Uh, give me an album name. On paper trail. On paper trail. Fuck. The last song of the album. Oh, dead and gone. <laughs> that describes Dolph Ziggler's main event appeal. Um, you know, <laughs> being being around like as a as an important player. I really wanted to give this thing a chance, James. When the, when this thing first jumped off, who was the most excited person about Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler? I would say you. It was me. Yeah. It was me. Like, <laughs> Ziggler, it was me. So, these fuckers get to the main event tonight, or the cage match tonight, after they did whatever they did in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I didn't watch the match. Neither did I. Um, yeah, obviously, Kofi won, and yeah. we ended up here. So, all this tells me is that, wow, Dolph Ziggler is largely still in the same place that he was at SummerSlam 2016 because it felt just like that. Long segments of the crowd just looking at them, and we all know what that that swooping, droning silence is. That means we know this person has no chance. We don't believe in them. We're waiting for this to be over. And that's what this was. This was a house show match. Uh, down to the finish. The thing, the thing that got me was they the the ending sequence of the, or the end of the match, the last third of the match, is Ziggler is slapping on ankle locks onto Kofi, so therefore Kofi can't climb, right? Right. What was the finish of this match? <laughs> so Dolph Ziggler is crawling out of the cage slowly and all of a sudden Kobe Kingston comes through like a flash of lightning through the second rope and dives onto his forearms and then jumps over Ziggler and, and wins like okay so I know how you have a I don't know if you actually hate it. I'm more of you more like more or less a mock it because it's it's people's like lazy attempt to, to knock some shit by talking talk about whether or not something is like good side ring psychology. How you talk about body part matches, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know me, I don't give a damn. If <clears throat> if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. 
Um, and if it works for the crowd, then like I'm willing to forgive it because I can say like, look, I can look outside of myself. If it popped the crowd, then maybe I'm just you know it just it was was my thing, and not everything's meant for me because this is a variety show, right? This is this is Vincent Man's buffet of 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 you know of oiled up people sl- stomping it, slamming into each other. So I, I'm okay with that. So, but this one that's not like something else. Never mind. Go ahead. Do you really have to turn this into like? All the people slamming it out here, unbelievable! Oh One Nation Radio. One Nation Radio brought to you by Elegant Angel. That right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, so. The thing, one thing that pisses me off when I watch one of these matches, or a match that's a body part match, is when a you work over a body part, and then you do something in the match that is unbelievable or had, at, that involved the body part that where I just like it, it takes me out of the match, right? And I can understand you having a hurt body part or like a hurt leg, and then you're still able to run throughout the match as long as you sell it. Before at after, some point, at, before before during or after said move you do that involves running, jumping, or landing on that on that bad body part, right? So right, and as long as you you do it like judiciously, like you can't be out here spamming the 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 run and dive button like you're fucking Seth Rollins, right? That that is just that that's beyond the pale for me. But the thing for me is. I enjoy things where, like, you work the body part, then it plays to the finish. Like, one of my favorite ones is, do you remember the Del Rio and in, in, in Christian match from, I think, that SummerSlam? can't remember which year it was. Where 2013. Yeah, he works over the arm. Del Rio has the arm breaker. He hits the, Eddie, or he hits the edge spear, and then he freaks out because his arm is hurt so bad, and then it gives Del Rio enough time to recover from the spear and then slap on the arm breaker for a win. That was, that was a masterpiece of selling, right? So... They're working over his ankle, working over his ankle. He tries to climb while, or uh, Kofi tries to climb while being in an ankle lock and then it doesn't work for him. So he reverses, he gets back, gets him back in the middle of the ring with that ankle lock. And then Kofi escapes, slaps on his own ankle lock and then fucking stands up on his bad leg. And I was like, yeah, oh, these, fuck. Yeah, then, these, the, 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 the ankle lock that he was applying when they were trading the holes, I was like, Kofi's not a submission guy. Right. Dolph's not a submission guy. Right. It's like, it's on the wrong way, it looks like. Right. right. Like, right. if this was The Miz, people would be fucking, like, lighting him <laughs> on fire for this. So we need to light uh, Dolph ass up the same way. Okay. But my thing is this. They did that. He power he reverses the move, then stands up on his ankle that is supposed to be so damaged immediately while slapping on his own uh, version of the ankle lock, and then they immediately go to a finish where he is on the other side of the ring, the cage opens up, Dolph Ziggler's climbing, this motherfucker runs, jumps, and and dives through the the um the ropes to the floor, and I'm just like, I why why do you even bother? Why and these are two people that I like. These people I enjoy. This when I hear people talk shit about the fact that he only got Dolph Ziggler, I for me it's like, look, these are generational rivals. Like they all belong in that Cody Rhodes. Uh, I'm trying to think who else people there in that mid card run. Miz era. Sheamus. Uh, 
or yeah. or more like the mid card, like the young guys that should have been the guys, but they never got a spot because like the old guys never went away, right? Right. And Vince got you know more and more you know into wanting to put older guys on the card, and that like kind of screwed up what their what was supposed to be their destiny, right? So we have to have Cody and AEW as opposed to <laughs> as supposed to here right now. So I'll take that. This, I I don't disagree. I don't. I, but my point is still like you had that talent, you screwed it up, and now that talent is seeding outside of your system, thereby exposing your si- your system. Yeah, that, that's yeah. So, um, so they had that match. I'm just like, and they get through the match. I'm like, it was an okay match. It fell apart at the end. Um, the crowd died while watching it at the end, and I'm just like, all right, move on now. It's time for whoever next is up now or. Whatever else, like new challenger. Yeah, new challenger, yeah. real challenger. Yeah, like that's somebody right. that's 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 kind of dangerous for the reign that Kofi can beat up next. Like bring Randy Orton's ass out. You know, get give him uh, Andrade. Give him somebody. Give him a big star. Like, like I, I this is there's always like the risk. Like when you got first time champion, it's like all right, can we have him in there with dudes like? to make it feel like a big deal. Like Kevin Owens, like they've done so much damage to him over the years. It wasn't necessarily the biggest thing that Kofi was wrestling Kevin Owens. Ziggler, much is the same. Kofi needs somebody at his level now as the champion or above that to, to get in a feud with, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like right now would be a perfect time for like AJ to come back and be like, you know what? I am, you know, I was SmackDown was the house AJ Styles built. You're the champion. You've been a great champion. Let's run it. He eventually turns heel on him because you can kind of see with the Bullet Club around him that like he's going to turn heel again. Like and right now, yeah. it's like he's about to do that on Ricochet. So somebody's going to get the, the benefit of being in a hot program with a newly turned AJ Styles. But it seems to be. Ricochet as opposed to the guy who probably needs it more because he's the fucking champion, but whatever, you know, like somebody, somebody's going to get in. It's going to be a good feud. So I can't complain. Right. So, uh, so from there we have Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins for the universal title. You take it away. I don't have the energy to, to, to recap this one. I just, yikes. I thought this was a dud zero stars. I can't believe that Seth Rollins brought his ass on Twitter yesterday while the fucking no. G1 climax is set to start in a week me, and a half. Do me a favor. Can you, can you yeah. find the tweet and, and read it verbatim, please? Holy shit. Yes, I will find it because uh, we don't want to misre- misrepresent uh, Mr. Rollins and, no, and his not. thoughts and, uh, and opinions and feelings um, that he no. seems to be in. Yeah. He not only sent out one, but two yes, he tweets. Doubled he doubled down on it. Yes, he. Uh, so, yes. four days ago, WWE said WWE superstars look to kick butt and take names at WWE stomping grounds live this Sunday on the WWE Network. Seth Rollins quote tweets it. Best pro wrestling on the planet, period. So for everyone that's seen this tweet and tried to distort it and twist it and say, oh, well, he's talking about NXT too. He's talking about WWE as a whole. No, he's talking about this show was about to be the best pro wrestling on the planet, period. That's what we was about to see, James. Yes, and also 
later today or later on today, he doubled down on it. And when he said it, for those that want to include NXT or the NXT UK or Two Five Live to help buoy his argument, he even distanced himself further from those sub brands of from the four from the three through five brands of WWE by talking about. How much people are on the road? How much he is on the road, and how he believes he's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How much he's on the road? That would not include the NXTers or the Two Hundred Five Livers because Two Hundred Five Livers don't do tour money. That's the reason why Neville's not here anymore. So, uh, would you like to touch on that one as well? Yes. Um. I, I guess, Seth. Uh, if just who I don't know who you're trying to score points with on this one but um no 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 i'm saying can you can you tell me what the one he said was today like what what was that tweet from today where he doubled down on it can you read that one for us yes let me um just pull that one up of course my um i believe it yeah so as i slowly find this i am gathering my thoughts to (laughs) to make it clear uh, what Seth was talking about. So he, I'm really fucking up, y'all. No, but I will have it. I have. I found it. I found oh, you got it. it. This okay. is from five hours ago. This is during the pre-show, right? When Tazawa, Gulak, and Nice went out there and and had a great match. It's probably the, it was the best match. Bell up bell on the entire show, but it's the pre-show. It's still a lot of people don't know these people. Anyway. He says, doubling down, best pro wrestling on the planet. See that cruiserweight triple threat, question mark? And that's just one night, one match amongst the many. Find anyone else who does what I do as well as I do as often as I do it. You can't. Hashtag WWE Stomping Grounds, hashtag Universal Champion at WWE. I didn't know Will Ospreay died, James. I I don't... I, 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 am I correct in, in I, saying this? I didn't know. Sh- I didn't know Shingo Takagi died either, or <laughs> or El Fantasmo or Rocky Romero. I you know, or Dragon Lee. You find out something new every day. Yeah, something new every day. I thought this match not only sucked from a standpoint of Rollins setting all that up, either knowing or not knowing. It, it's funny either way. This was going to happen after he sent that shit out. To where he goes in there, he must have like slipped and fallen into the field of ambrosia that Dusty <laughs> Bros was talking about, and not remembered that he had to wrestle Baron Corbin tonight. Let alone the gimmick referee, the the bullshit ending the match and restarting it twice. Um, Becky being put in there and they're pushing their relationship on TV just to set this angle up or whatever. This was whack as fuck. And the crowd, they were chanting AW. They were chanting Daniel Bryan. They were chanting CM Punk. They were chanting, this is stupid. This crowd that was happy to see this, this company that showed up, you know, in this town that they never go to. This, these people were happy, James, originally. And by the end, they were not. That only tells me one thing. That they fucked up. They fucked up with the match. They fucked up with the booking. And they fucked up with this. Like, and Seth fucked up sending this stuff out. And it's like, 
Come on, man. Like, this is so whack. This is the problem with WWE. I This is why I haven't watched this in a month. And it's like, do I even need to continue watching this? And it's like, Baron Corbin shouldn't be in the main event anyway, so I don't know if they were trying to protect that. But I don't know. What if they tried to do a straight match? Could could they have, have even given it a go? I felt like you kind of robbed Corbin of his opportunity to show what you know, he may be capable of, capable of in this situation doing your, your foolish, like, bullshit gimmickry. And it was like, yeah, this is us. And, you know, this is an advertisement for AEW. That's what this is. And, it, like, and to, you know, all the people that was on, on Twitter talking about, if you thought WWE was going to change how they run their TV over double nothing, you were wrong. Why not compare apples to apples, money in the bank versus what, or double or nothing, or whatever pay-per-view versus double or nothing. How about it now? <laughs> yeah, um, I have to Zero stars. <laughs> okay. Take so that with you, Seth Rollins. Okay, so I, I, I this is I, not the first time Seth Rollins' main events have gotten hijacked either. Was this like the third or fourth time? Yes. Yeah. So, if I remember correctly, um, I, I might be wrong on this one though, um, but I think this is it. Uh, Seth back in December, I, th- I believe it was. I'm looking at the date right. I believe it was, um, at, yeah, Christmas Eve. The Christmas Eve show. Maybe maybe it was a Christmas Eve show. Um, Seth and Corbin went out there on a main event of a Raw and had a match that was a lot better than this one. Um, there was a match that I would say was probably damn near three stars. Uh, and if it wasn't this match, they had one around that same time. Then that, that was that. That's the one I'm talking about. I can't remember which one in particular. I'm just looking at the cage match. And I'll scrimming through it real quick. That was a better match than this. Yeah, and it's like, hey man. So I've seen I've seen them have a straight match before, and their straight match was a lot better than this gimmicky bullshit they decided to pull out. So, like, you're probably so from from your perspective, you're right. You're probably right on that. Um, now, as far as the storyline that they told throughout the show when they started off with Becky saying that Becky is is Rollins' girlfriend, and then they end the show with Rollins coming out and saying that Rollins is Becky's girlfriend, and then they bring out. Beck or Becky's opponent from earlier in the show to be the special guest referee. I thought from a story like if it was me, I wouldn't. I would stay a hundred. I would stay uh, uh, with a. I wouldn't touch Becky in Seth's relationship with a hundred foot pole. I wouldn't but, either. But they decided to bring it in here. And since they brought it in here, I thought that making uh, the story from Monday where Rollins is attacking basically every single heel that he can get his hands on from you know, becoming, agreeing to being the special guest ref for Corbin, and then it turns out that it's it's a woman, and not only is it a woman that's evil, it's Becky's opponent. I thought that was clever. Would that have worked better if Lacey had actually won? Um, Not if you want Seth to win. Okay. Because I think that if Becky wins... I'm sorry, I mean, if, if Lacey wins, then, like, she's already shown that, like, Becky can just come out and whoop her ass. Mm-hmm. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, if Becky comes out, like, Lacey can just whoop her ass. 
um, mm-hmm. or get the better of her at, at any point. Like you wanted to be where like she's a fucking geek, at least for now she's a fucking geek, and then she comes out there and beats a fucking geek again, and, and then the, you get the payoff of the heat of the, the slaps and the low blows and the shitty uh, count out. Uh, slow counts and the restarting of matches and the bullshit counts and the and the you know all the other stuff. Like I feel like that was a good payoff for all the heat you had to endure during that match that Lacey gave you. And I thought that Lacey, Lacey did a really good job as a special guest ref. That was the best thing about the entire match. So I really had much. To say I thought this felt. I I thought it felt like Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan at Halloween Havoc '96. The one, two, oh my arm hurts. That Nick Patrick. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick had a history of of, of being a fuck nigga. And like, hey, guess, and, and, yeah. guess, and guess how many stars those ones used to get? Oh, them just them shits you get done. zero. Yep, duds. <laughs> yeah, them shits duds. Yeah. Just like this, yeah. a dud. Yeah, like it was a point to where like when the crowd and there's nothing I wanted to point out when you mentioned the, the chain of AEW and this is stupid and CM Punk and everybody else. Did you notice there was another chain involved in that? And it's funny because we've been talking about how when WWE and WWE fans feel attacked or their identity is at stake when people criticize the company for making um, bad television, that yeah. the thing they don't champion is the best thing WWE's ever done is NXT. The crowd yeah. chanted NXT with Hunter and Gorilla. They chanted yes. NXT, and it further illustrates to you that, like, People that watch NXT, people that watch WWE, people that are outside WWE, they're just watching all the wrestling. Even though it is owned by Vince McMahon, people truly don't, I guess because it's so different in their out approaches as far as simplistic versus, simplistic wrestling versus like convoluted sports entertainment that like people, like it's not just a, you know, we feel like we're tripping on this. Like there are groups of large groups of people that are holding up NXT as a shining example of what is the anti Vincent man sports entertainment. And they did it tonight by going out there yelling NXT, uh, at a, at a WWE show, even though WWE owns fucking NXT. It was wild to think about like, in that, in that sense, like, and this is why people that are like so attached to defending and apologizing Vincent man's bullshit come out there and diss themselves and hyper criticize NXT at times, as opposed to saying, no, fuck you. NXT's awesome. And Vincent man's owns it. So this is part of the variety that they're talking about when they're trying to give you everything and y'all and y'all like to shit everything. Y'all don't shit NXT. This also is a man that's funding this shit. So why don't y'all shut the hell up? No, they hold that as man, in, man, whatever, man. NXT. No, I don't really recognize the NXT shit, even though like that's the shit that y'all should be championing and holding up to say like this is the reason why you still pay for the network or come to their shows because NXT made all these guys. You know, spe- feel special, and then du- WWE. You know, the main roster is more or less where they house all the alumni. They don't yeah, even like, treat it like that. And it's like wh- this is a shining example well, of they well, don't you know why either. You know why and it's like why. it's because it, they, they it, love Vince more than they love uh, WWE. They, 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 they love Vince more than they love like Yikes. anything. Like <laughs> they 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 t- like they come out there and they excused. Him busting Roman Reigns' head in the main event of WrestleMania, like they excuse that and let that slide because they love Vincent Man more than they love like the wrestlers themselves, more than they love like actually like you know 
they love Vince McMahon more than having integrity behind what they say <laughs> and everything like that. These people are true gaslighters that <laughs> that, that that operate like um somewhere out of out of Fox News or something like that. It's it's insane. Wow. Quite frankly. Wow. Yeah, so I mean just take it full circle. You you, you talk, we just went through this entire card and you know the first half of this review was so much more positive than the last half. And if you want to talk in the sense of the show all parts being equal, which is nonsense, but let's say you want to play that game, this was a pretty good show. Now, if you account for the fact that the first half of the show, the undercard is the stuff that came through and even over it overachieved as opposed to the last three matches all underachieved and those are the quote unquote money matches, then you have to say that this thing was a one thumbs up, thumbs in the middle type of uh, proposition. Am I do you disagree with what I just said? It's real hard for me when the last three matches feel like that. Um so because you thumbs down? I would say thumbs in the middle. Okay, I mean, I, same here. I say I say thumbs in the middle. And it, and if you look at stomping grounds, what it was like, looking like it was going to be like the 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 bottom of the card did about as good as it could to yes. not just die in front of the crowd, and then the top of it largely lived up to what we thought. Like, yeah, you know, I but I. I just expected a regular bad match with Seth and Corbin, but they went on some whole new shit, apparently. So, so um, I'm trying to think, what match did you ha- did you give the uh, 2017 um, Punjabi match between Punjabi Playground or Punjabi Prison match between uh, Randy Orton and uh, Gender? Did you give that a dud, or did you give that negative stars? I gave that negative one. Okay, I'm gonna say like because that match was not okay. That match was the worst thing I think I've ever seen in the last two years. So yeah, like definitely make sure that just make sure you you know you <laughs> consistent with some of these all time shit ratings. Oh, trust sure. me. What look when I'm when I ran down the wrong way like like we were talking earlier like about the Becky and whatever you were saying the uh, Cork and Hall show over Stardom. He's like that's the three star. I, mean, I was like, look man, I'm not haggling over three stars. <laughs> but when we talking about the <laughs> negative stars, oh I. I have those measured and committed to memory okay. about how bad those are. All right. Okay. I just try to be consistent on guys like, bro, when you gave out there and gave Becky and, uh, and, and old girl, uh, Lacey, uh, three stars. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, nah, 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 nah. We gotta, we gotta recalibrate brother. We gotta recalibrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you got anything else on the show or you got off your chest? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, Stomper Grounds, like, I, I feel validated for not watching the build for this show, and this mm-hmm. is the first like cycle that I've skipped mm-hmm. um, pretty much since I started back watching wrestling. Like, <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, okay, I see them immediately trying to do this Ricochet and AJ thing tomorrow night, but they immediately booked Roman in in that handicap match, and I'm like. I'm not sitting through this bullshit to get to the one thing I want to see anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And maybe, I mean, for all we know, that is actually the plan for SmackDown. But then again, who knows? Because 
<laughs> the superstar shakeup continues on in day 149 because thanks to the the freaking uh, wild card rule rule. So everything is just in flux always at all times. Everybody, all the top stars continues forever are going to be overexposed because there's way too much fucking uh, TV time for them, and then the rest of the card is not going to be able to break through or get to that level to try to churn and make things more interesting because there ain't no TV time because you have to have Roman and the new day and the Usos and the revival and drew and Shane and AJ and Seth and Strowman and Joe. Yeah. They have all those people do double duty, uh, depending on the week. So it's like, best of luck, like good luck being like, Good luck being Oscar or Kyrie or uh, or Ember or you know any any in like any not main event level woman for the next year until they fit, you know come up with a way to knock this shit off. But like you're just not gonna get TV time or not much of it. <laughs> yeah, where anything matters. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate because I I think this is a company that's just um they're going through a rough period right now and they're they're holding on and it feels like they've they, they've recalibrated to focus on, you know, as you mentioned, the women's segments and the overexposure of the main stars on both shows. It just cuts down things for everybody. There was that news about Rusev asking for time away. Oh. Uh, it, and it's like, if you're Rusev, like, this is a perfect time. It's like, they weren't going to use you anyway. Yep. 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 Nakamura, what are they going to do? They go, they're probably going to tell them to go home to go surfboard. Right. Yeah, you know they say that's the only thing that man likes to do. Like I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. no one wants to surf that much. And then the funny part is, I saw recently like there is there are YouTube videos of him surfing with the GoPro out there on the surfboard, and like he does look like he's really at peace on the surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it really does look like he is one with the waves. <laughs> Literally wavy wave man Max B. Yeah, man. Silver <laughs> Surfer out here. <laughs> silver Surfer. <laughs> so, so, see, the thing is, like, you weren't in the comic books, but, like, if you know what the Silver Surfer was, you fucking fall out laughing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, oh, right, so, man. Yeah, man. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah shout out to Stan Lee. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah what up, Stan? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, he, he died recently. That's why. <laughs> Let's get off air before we fight around and get Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this on uh, Tell the Folks About the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor of the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, we have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code social suplex to get your free must trial. Don't forget to check out prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the social suplex podcast network. We have on like normal on Sundays One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays we or Mondays we have Keeping the Strong Style. On Wednesdays we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday we have Grown Men Watch This Shit. On Thursdays sometimes we have NXT Then Now Forever featuring me. If I ever decide to go back to watching NXT, uh, we'll see. Uh, on Fridays we have Getting the Ring, and then on Saturdays we have All Things Elite. 
Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Fighter Fest, well, Fighter Fest this Saturday. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And uh, Josh, you already know what it is. Ha 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 ha. I don't know what that means, but all right. Later, y'all. He knows what it is. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.